Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Eisman. This is not Hebrew school. I am here with one of my favorite people in the entire world, Mr. Andrew Perlman. How are you today, Andrew? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Rabbi? I am doing amazing, and I am super duper excited to jump to Parshas Chukas. Such an awesome portion. Talks about incredible things like the red cow. The red cow is the ultimate chok. What is a chok? A chok is something that we do not understand, right? If there's a law in the Torah to honor your parents, you could say, oh, I totally wrap my brain around that one. I totally understand it. And if there's a mitzvah of the Torah to give charity, you can say, oh, I completely and totally understand that. And do not kill, uh, do not steal. There's lots of mitzvahs in the Torah that are obvious or easy to understand. And then there's a chok. A chok is something that we do because, as your mom said, because I said so. God says to follow a certain path. And the idea of certain chukim is to, or one of the ideas is to follow, even though we don't understand. And there's a, lots of laws of uh, purity and, and how to become pure from the service of the red cow. And that is not our topic for today, but we certainly should take some time to dig deep into the idea of chukim. So this week's portion is chukas. And in this portion, Aaron, the brother of Moses, passes away. And immediately after the death of Aaron, we're going to focus on a story that happened. What happened was Aaron passes away, and immediately after, the Jewish people start complaining to God. And, you know, they have, they're eating the man in the desert, and they have the, uh, uh, the well of Miriam. Uh, and, but the Jewish people complained that the manna, you know, it's like it's getting boring. You know, every day manna, it's like, hey, why, what do you want to eat? I'll, I'll have some manna. Hey, cool, what do you want for lunch? Well, let's have manna. And dinner, let's have manna. So in a way, it's great. It's, it's such a gift. It's such a, such a miracle. Manna falling from heaven and sustaining us. But the Jewish people complained about the manna, that, they, that they, were, they weren't satisfied anymore with the humdrum, so to quote unquote, uh, humdrum manna. And they complained to Moses and out of punishment, God sent snakes to bite them. And Moses prayed that God should remove the, the plague of the snakes. And God said, uh, take a copper snake and put it on a pole. And whenever the Jewish people look up at the uh, snake, they will be cured. So, but just fun fact that that uh, copper snake on a pole is the symbol of the United uh, Health Organizations, World Health Organization. The uh, the copper snake on, on a pole. Uh, oh, interesting. Which is uh, which is um, uh, what cures. Uh, what cure the people during this plague. But a couple questions. First of all, why did this happen right after the death of Aaron? And second of all, what of the snake? You know, there were many times that the Jewish people sinned and they would pray or Moses would pray and ask for forgiveness. They would repent. 
and there would be repentance. What is the deal in this situation with a prop, so to speak, to uh, get the Jewish people to uh, look at the, the snake and then, and the, you know, the, the commentators explain, the Mishnah explains that the Jewish people, um, you know, when they look at the, they looked at the snake, they, they would look at the sky as well, and they would remember where the snake came from. But let's try to understand, I heard a beautiful idea from Rabbi Ariel Shoshan, who quoting the Nesiva Shalom, says a beautiful, beautiful idea. Why the prop of the copper snake? So this sin was a little bit different than different times the Jewish nation sin. Now let's try to dig deep. You know, when God tested Abraham way back, there were 10 tests that God tested Abraham. And some of them were action tests. For example, slaughter your son, sacrifice your son to me. And of course it didn't happen, but it was a test. Will he actually do it? Give yourself a circumcision, have, have a circumcision, right? That, it was another test, an action test. Lech lecha me'artzacha me'ladcha ve'zavicha, go from the land, go from your land and to the land that I'm going to show you. Again, that's another action. So that's, you know, it's somewhat, it's easier to understand than action. God says, go, you go. God says, sacrifice your son, you sacrifice your son. But there were other tests that don't, it's not clear what the action is. For example, God said that there was a famine in the land. You know, God gave him this land of Israel and there was a famine in the land. Okay, what's the test? There was a famine. That sounds like a fact. Doesn't sound like a test. Uh, Sarah was, was kidnapped. That was the test. What, what, what's, you know, what's the action? What do you want me to do? What, where's, you know, when, when uh, he's looking for a burial place for, um, for, for Sarah, he had to bargain with Ephron, uh, who like sort of the, uh, the modern equivalent of a uh, sleazy uh, used car salesman, you know, sneaky kind of guy who, who says, yeah, hey, it's okay, uh, you know, you could you have it for free. And then, and then he asks for exorbitant money. And, and, uh, and, 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 and it's just, this was, uh, according to many, that this was another test. Words, these seem to be not an action. Like, how do you, how are you tested what is, how do you pass a test? There was a famine in the land. The answer is, the way Abraham, Abraham passes a test that doesn't seem to have action is an attitude, an attitude of acceptance and realization that everything comes from God. Letting go and letting God. You know, God promised me the land. I finally get here and there's a, there's a, there's a, a famine. Do I, you know, do I get disgruntled? and angry and bitter and fetchy and 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 and, and, and complain or do I just say okay this, this is all for the best as we go through life there are so many things so many curveballs coming our way we miss the bus it's raining we uh we stub our toe you know that person that we were you know interested in doing business with or marrying or having a relationship with in uh, you know, in in whatever area we're 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 in life, it doesn't work out in the way that we had envisioned. I have a great idea. I'm going to go over to this guy. I'm going to ask him to invest in my company, and he's going to invest. It's going to be great. And the guy says no. Uh, it's like whoa! Everything that I envisioned, everything I planned, is is completely uh, foiled. The test of Abraham, or these tests, these non-action tests, are tests 
of attitude. What is your attitude going to be when something doesn't go your way? Are you going to accept that it comes from God or are you going to be bitter and resentful and complaining? The Jewish people were not starving in the, in the Midbar, in the desert. They weren't starving. They had manna. They just didn't like the quality or they didn't like the, the, the cards they were dealt. They're like, no, we, we want a little more variety. We want a little more fun, a little more flavor, maybe a little more color, we want a little, right? So they're complaining not about, uh, you know, that they, they, that they, you know, Moses was gone or whatever the, the case might be yeah, throughout their, you know, if there were time, other times of sinning. This was a, a sin of attitude. It was a sin of, of not accepting the will of God. So God said, look up at the snake. Pop quiz, Mr. Andrew Perlman. All right, I'm ready. When is the first time in the Torah that you heard the word snake, the serpent, the snake, uh, right at the beginning of the Torah? Can you identify where was it, Mr. Andrew Perlman? In the, in the garden, the Garden of Eden. Boom, boom. The, gar the snake in the Garden of Eden. The snake in the Garden of Eden who convinced Adam, uh, Eve and then Adam to eat from the uh, eat, eat from the uh, eat from the garden, and you will be just like God. You know, God doesn't want you to eat from the tree of knowledge because then you're going to be just like God. There really is. This is what the serpent, the serpent said. Everything is natural. There really is no God. It's everything is in a natural way, and if you eat, you'll be just like God. The serpent represented the lack of realization of a higher power. And if the manna is not good enough for you, the manna is not, you think that the manna, you, you think you need more, you're denying God. If it's raining and you didn't want it to rain, you're denying that God has a bigger plan than little old me. Right? If, if I'm going for this big time job and I'm really nervous and I really want it and I'm a really big plans when I get this job, what's going to be? And then I don't get the job and I'm resentful. I'm not accepting God's will. If I stub my toe or, or you know, I, I'm disappointed in whatever way we get disappointed all the time, it's not accepting the will of the Almighty. And that was the serpent. The serpent was, it's just what you see is what you get. And, and the Pun or the, the cure for the Jewish people to look up at that serpent is to remember that serpent and remember how the serpent was punished. How was the serpent punished? Well, check this out. The serpent was punished that it's going to, just going to eat dust of the earth all its life, just eating dust. And the commentators all ask, like, why is that a punishment? That's it's like a reward. It always sustains itself. It never has to, rely, has to rely on anything else. It just can eat anything. It doesn't see like a lion or a bear or, or, you know, or, or, or a zebra. They, they need to find food, but a serpent uh, can just eat anything. Why is that a punishment? And the commentators say a beautiful idea. Imagine a, this is my, you know, this is, this is a, a, a foundational idea when a, when a parent sends his kid to college. Imagine a dad sends, sends a kid to college and says, here's 20 bucks, call me when, I, when you when I run out of money. And then every couple of days, the kid is calling home and talking to his parent. And then there's another father and says, here, 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 young man, take this credit card. 
no, it's not necessary to call. If you ever need money, just, uh, you know, just use a credit card. Who loves his kid more? The parent who gives him cash or the parent who gives him a credit card? Oh, I can't. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the parent that's giving the credit card is saying, I don't want to, I don't want to have a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Here's your credit card. You are, you are, you, you know, get out of my life. You know, you're, 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 you're on your own. And the parent that's giving cash saying, uh, you know what? I want to hear from you. Call me, call me every couple of days. I want to hear from you. And I know that if I don't give you enough money, you're going to keep calling and we're going to have a relationship. By God punishing the serpent, he's saying, don't, don't rely on me. You have everything you need. You want to live a life of nature? Okay, you're going to live a life of nature. By the Jewish people looking up at the serpent, they're, they're being reminded, do you want to have a life of nature? Do you want to live a natural life? Or look up at the sky. Do you want to have a relationship with the creator of that world? And that's the cure, the cure for complaining about the humdrum mundane, uh, mundane nature is to realize where everything comes from. And I would never complain about the food or the weather or my life circumstances if I realized that there's a, a higher power that God is taking care of me. God is um, setting a path for me. And therefore, when Abraham saw that there was a famine in the land or that his wife was taken or that Ephron was treating him in a, in a bad way, his attitude gave forth a, a, his, 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 he gave forth an attitude of acceptance, of serenity, of happiness, of contentment, that there's just no, you know, my, my wife took my three-year-old daughter to the eye doctor today. She was so excited. Now, of course, you go to the eye doctor, they, they give you that, uh, that thing in the eye, and uh, um, you know, it's not always so pleasant. But my daughter was so excited, you know why? Because her mother was taking her to the doctor. And if mommy's taking me, it's gonna be good. It might hurt a little bit, but I know it's for my best. Now, granted, in her case, she probably didn't remember, it was just fun to go out with mommy. But, but if we realize that we're being taken if the weather is not great or if we don't get that job or if something bad happens as if we accept and realize where it comes from so then we we outperform the the nachash the serpent the snake we are not living a life of snake and we're reminding ourselves that we can have a relationship with god we can we can uh we can be much greater than the snake look up at the sky and see see the creator, so to speak. So see the, the vastness of the world, like, wow, there's a creator and I can have a relationship with this creator. So don't ever complain about the manner. Don't ever complain about anything in life because everything, everything we have comes from the creator and don't fall into the trap of the serpent. What do you say, Mr. Perlman? Uh, it's beautiful. I recently, I don't know if you heard this funny story. I saw a funny news article. There are these penguins at a zoo in Japan and the zoo had budget cuts. So they started giving the penguins lower quality fish and the penguins refused to eat the lower quality fish. So they had to go back to the higher quality fish for the penguins. But this kind of made me think of it because, you know, obviously we're different. Humans are different than animals, but uh, a concept I think has a parallel. Uh that that is you know if 
if you're getting, again, you know, the zookeepers aren't, aren't uh, the creator, but yes, if you're getting a, um, if you're getting low quality fish, it's for your best. It's, uh, there, there's a greater good. There's a greater good out there. That's when, when, uh, when something happens to us, it's a greater good. And that's, by the way, why it all happened right after the death of Aaron. Why after the death of Aaron? Because when Aaron died, Aaron was known as an Oiv Shalom, Rodev Shalom, Oiv Sabrios, somebody who loved people. And he was famous that if two people were in a fight, two people were, were arguing, he would go over to one and, and he would say, you know, your friend really wants to make peace. And then the, he would go over to the other one and say, you know, your friend really wants to make peace. And when they would see each other, they would say, hey, how are you? They would, they would make peace. Why? Because he always saw the good always saw the benefit, right? If you, you can look at the manna, it's, oh, wow, it's always the same. Or you can look at the manna and say, wow, what an incredible miracle that there is to be able to get manna every single, just from the, from the sky, that fruit falls, what an incredible miracle. Aaron saw the good in everything. Aaron was able to, you know, in every situation, there was discontentment, fighting, uh, arguing. He would see the good and, and help the two parties see the good in each other. And that, that is the... Uh, that, that is a lesson that when the when Aaron died, the Jewish people did not no longer saw the good of the manna, and therefore they uh, therefore they complained. So the message, or one of the many messages of this week's Torah portion, is to see the good, accept the good, and not only in others but in God. When God gives us whatever He gives us, it says Goma Chasad and Tovim. He gives us uh, good kindness, right? There's there's kindness and there's good kindness. Why? Because kindness is you give somebody uh, money. Good kindness is you give them only the money that's good for them. They're not going to use it on, on, bad, on bad things. You know, the example we gave a couple weeks ago about that you have a bunch of animals uh, stuck in a, in, a, in a barn, right? And you free them, you free them from the barn, right? You've given them freedom. But uh, one of them gets hit by a truck, another one gets lost in the woods, another one gets stuck in the bushes, whatever, right? So that's not freedom. Freedom is is good freedom. God gives good, good chasad and tovim, good kindness. That uh, that He's only going to give us kindness that which we can use for the best. So therefore, if He gives us manna, it, it was for the best. It, it's it's uh, whatever situation we find ourselves in life, it is for the best. Let's internalize that message. Let's have a positive attitude, no matter if it's raining or if it's sunny or it's sleeting or or we get the job, we don't get the job, we. We, we, we accept our life circumstances. And again, of course, we have to hustle and try our best to be better and great and, uh, and do great things. But at the end of the day, it is the creator of the world who determines if we will be successful, if we won't be successful. And it is up to us to accept whatever happens with equilibrium and happiness and contentment and joy, knowing that we are being taken care of by our Father in heaven. Hey! Thank you all so much for listening. I am Aaron Eisman. They call me Rabbi E. Feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi E at M-E-O-R dot org and leave a comment and help us spread the word about our podcast. Thank you for tuning in and looking forward to next time.